Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. May 4th, or may the 4th be with you. That's like kind of a weird comment that so everyone stupid. likes to use. So stupid. We don't like that? So stupid. Yeah, I, I'm not a big May. I'm a huge Star Wars guy, but not a huge May the 4th. It's kind of a weird saying, but it is May 4th, and this is the Project Play podcast, and we are joined, as always, by my boy Jack McMullen, the voice of the high A tin caps in Fort Wayne, along with Aram Layton, the host of Locked on Prospects, Locked on Marlins, and we have an awesome episode today. First, we are going to break into the minor league opening day season, and that's why we have these two brainiacs on, and I'm basically just going to be doing some hosting duties, letting these guys talk because they're the experts in the minor leagues. And then we will transition into playing fact or fluke. We like to call it with a bunch of teams that we have taken a look at that I personally don't believe in some. They might, I might believe in some, they might not. We don't know. That's why we pay flat, fat, that's why we play fact or fluke. So let's just open it up here. Boys, what do we think about the minor league season starting? Well, first of all, man, you sure you don't want to say that again? Do I? I feel like I should. Listen, I can edit this. Absolutely. So why don't you say it again? Okay. What part should I start it with again? You know what? Now, now I'm just not even going to cut this out. We're going to go, Pete, I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> aside from the fact that I just got this tweet showing up, White Sox general manager Rick Hahn announces Luis Robert is expected to be held out of baseball activities for the next 12 to 16 weeks, Luis Robert has a grade three hip flexor strain, which represents a complete tear. That's new. I had no idea strains and tears were the same thing. So this sucks, but um, it's like our it's like our birthdays at the same time, Aram. This is cool with minor league opening day. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely hurts. I mean, I, I feel for Luis Robert. I, this was a big year for him, but minor league opening day does soften the blow a little bit. We get to see a lot of talent on the field. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough now Two big white Sox young stars uh, off, you know, on the shelf now. And uh, I, I wonder, I feel like it might be a little too soon, but are they going to do like a whole like Luis Robert Memorial too uh, at the ball I game? <laughs> I hope not. I mean, it's, it's tragic. It's horrible, but the, the Jersey hanging up and the, and yeah, I don't know about that one, but pumped for the minor league season. We got a lot of names to talk about and then fact or fluke is I believe is how it's said, right? Uh, that's what, that's what we're going to do. Factor fluke is exactly. So why don't we just open it up and talk about some players that we know that you guys love dearly. And there's definitely some players that maybe you might not. Let's start with the biggest name in the minor leagues, Wander Franco, one of the best hitters we've ever seen possibly in the minor leagues, starting in AAA arm. I'm going to tee up because I think this guy's going to be an all-star. What are your thoughts on Wander Franco? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think some people were clamoring for him to start at the big league level. Of course, he could have. Uh, but I think it's good that he's starting in triple A, get some at-bats under his belt. If there's one little thing I want to see him improve upon, as obviously the, the laundry list of things that he's amazing at, I could rattle off. But I feel like most people know that, right? Like you mentioned, one of two guys to have the 80-grade hit tool. Uh, he has speed. He has power. He, he does it from both sides of the plate. He never strikes out. He walks. Like what else could you want from a guy? I think the one thing that I want to see him work on in AAA, and I'm excited to see how it translates to the major league level is I think he's so good at making contacts frequently and knows that he can almost hit any pitch that he sometimes just gets a little bit too contact oriented. Where like early in the count hitters count, he's swinging at a pitcher's pitch and maybe like a fastball down and away, let's say it's a sinker down and away and it's a one Oh count. Maybe you spit on that instead of trying to like, you know, drive one the other way and you ground out like, Basically what I'm seeing with Wander Franco a little bit is I want to see him try to do damage early in the count. And then he can adjust into that just freakish ability to put the ball in play. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing him start in triple a, but I'm super amped to see that and see how much power production there is in there. That's probably the only variable with him at this point is how much power is this guy going to hit for? And even if he has no power, it's not that big of a deal, right? Because he's so good at the contact thing and he's got enough natural power. He doesn't really need to develop anymore. But if he does, you're right, Arm. Like that takes him to the stratosphere as soon Mm -hmm. as he gets to Major League Baseball. My thing about him and his appointment to AAA Durham is, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019, AAA Baseball was using the same baseballs as Major League Baseball. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if he needs to adjust the the power stroke at all, right? Like he could just put the bat head out there and it could fly 400 feet. So we'll see what happens there. I love the aggressive assignment of AAA with him and for him to be on the same roster as Brett Honeywell and Brendan McKay, who on a much smaller scale, but have already gone through the process of making it up to Tampa Bay and being that coveted guy, Brett Honeywell, obviously a much longer process getting there than McKay, but you know, these are guys that have dealt with adversity and can almost kind of prep him for that. If it ever comes, he hasn't really hit much at all. No. And, and with Wander Franco, everyone loves a good comp. So give us a major leaguer that you see with Wander Franco that you think he could turn into one oh. day. It's a tough question. I know. Uh, so see, see the, the guy like Wander Franco is like, 
he's the type of dude where you don't have one comp, you have like a blend of comps for all of the tools that he has, because there's nobody that really are very few players that have the abilities that he have has across the board. So like you're, you're looking at like a hit tool that is Vladdy Guerrero-esque. And then you're looking at, you know, just athleticism that's on a different level. And the, the blend of all of them is really hard to find. I think honestly, from just a hitter standpoint, Vladdy has more power, obviously, but I think the two guys have pretty comparable like offensive skill sets. Um, Wander doesn't quite hit the ball as hard, but who knows? Like, like Jack said, with the major league baseballs, Wander puts up some pretty crazy exit velos. But when we look at those two guys, they both had more. Uh, if he had one little knock on him, it was that they hit too many ground balls. We've seen Vladdy totally overhaul the launch angle now, and he's just driving baseballs. I think they're pretty similar and it's not a, fluke that both of those guys are the only two players we've seen in the modern era that have gotten 80 grades on their hit tool. I'm going to make kind of a hybrid for Wander Franco. I think he is a combination of what Bo Bichette is and what a young Manny Machado was in Baltimore. Wow. I think if you mesh those two, then that's what you're going to get with Wander Franco right away. And I think he has the ability to outshoot certainly Bo Bichette. You know what? Manny Machado is really good at baseball. Really so good like, at baseball. I'll we probably put that. him on the same level, and I'm being conservative. And so there's two players that, Jack, you were supposed to be able to cover this year in Riley Green and C.J. Abrams, two really young studs that actually now they get to kind of skip the Fort Wayne tin caps. They're going straight to double-A. Talk about what you're going to see with the Fort Wayne this year and how bummed you are about you can't see maybe two of the best young prospects in the country. I'm not bummed because tonight I see 1-1. Spencer Torkelson will there make his pro debut at beautiful Parkview Field in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it is beautiful. If you haven't seen it before, like check it out. It, it is must-see and must-visit if you ever find yourself in that area of the country. But yeah, I was, I'm not necessarily saying that I was expecting to see C.J. Abrams versus Riley Green, but I was certainly surprised when I saw that both of those guys being high school draftees in 2019, were already in double A. But that tells you a lot about AJ. Uh, actually, it doesn't tell you much about AJ Preller at all because you know that he's been shoving guys through the system and he's been doing it really effectively. It tells you a lot about what Al Avila thinks about Riley Green in Detroit. If you had a college bat go first overall, starting in high A, when you had a high school brat, a high school bat drafted the year before, starting a level above him. So it's really interesting to see how those guys progressed. When we recorded our Tatis deal episodes off the top uh, of this podcast's history, I decided to hand the deal to um, Riley Green as opposed to Spencer Torkelson. Which I did not agree with. I kind of stand by that. I love it. Yeah, I I like the Riley Green move too, uh, honestly, because I I think he is a player that – just impacts the game in so many different ways. He's got the hit tool. He's got power. He's an athlete. I mean, we saw that Rob home run he had in, in spring training. He, he's just an all around great player, but kind of going off of what Jack said, I mean, they're not, I'm not absolutely floored by it. Cause I would, you know, we were kind of bracing for anything after not having a season for the whole year and having these players just being able to kind of prove themselves in a very intimate, you know, type of setting, but like, to see CJ Abrams go to double a kind of like what, what Jack said. I mean, this is a guy that hasn't played a season or a single game in a ball. Even it was low a for like a, a cup of coffee and that's it. Riley green played 57 games. None of them above a ball either. And now they're just making the leap to double a, but when you look at CJ Abrams, he, he's one of my favorite prospects in baseball. I mean, CJ is 
one of the best athletes in all of professional baseball, major league included 80 grade runner uh, by a lot of accounts, but now all of a sudden he's added strength and he's starting to hit the ball with authority. Now we're looking at a guy that can hit 20 home runs. His defense has come a long way. It's like, what else could you want from a guy? He look at the spring training stuff too. He goes oppo backside Homer twice backside grand slam backside Homer. And this was a guy that was quote unquote called a, a slap hitter potentially in the draft uh, when he went fourth overall. Well, he's slapping them the other way over the wall now. So this is a guy that's using his lower half. He's getting into his backside. He's a different ball player now. Riley Green, he was always really advanced. The most advanced, yeah. arguably, hitter in the high school class. Yeah. But now, all of a sudden, he's starting to hit the ball insanely hard. Like, he always hit it hard. But now he looks like just a grown man. Okay. And he's putting up 116 exit velos. He's crushing the baseball. And his defense has come so far, too. Two guys that can hit the ball to all fields, uh, obviously. Green's more power oriented, but I mean, these two guys are like what every team dreams of getting out of their high school draftees. One more quick thing on Abrams. It, it feels like he was at the early stages of puberty when he was drafted and now Mm -hmm. he's like gone through it. Right. Obviously spending time in a pro weight room, but um, I think the idea of him being 18 and now he's 20, like that certainly helps him. Uh, Absolutely. And I need to pick your brains about maybe the most exciting prospect in baseball. Who's barely even played. Jason Dominguez is a 17-year-old boulder of a teenager currently in the Yankee system. Yankee fans expect him to be Mickey Mantle, expect him to be Mike Trout. Would he be getting that same sort of media attention if he was possibly picked up by the Royals, picked up by the time? Or is this a guy in Jason Dominguez that is actually going to be a Mickey Mantle-esque? type player and I wish you guys could all see the faces that they're looking at me with it's just with disgust but we have to talk about Jason Dominguez do we have to or is it because you're a Yankees fan we have to so I I was looking at the uh, assignment sheet you know from from the Yankees and I noticed I was looking at the A-ball roster I was looking at high A double A and triple A and I didn't see Jason Dominguez so naturally (laughs) he he must be starting in the big leagues right oh yeah. yeah he's playing center field tomorrow okay Okay, I was wondering where he was. I figured he had to be starting in the big leagues. But re- the, the realistic, like this, this is a physical specimen, right? Like this is a guy that has every tool you could possibly imagine. But he also has not played a single professional baseball game yet. And he's getting like every Yankee fan in New York, I feel like it's just like blowing into the sail and just, just like pushing him up into the air, like just together. Um, I, I just don't think it's fair to him. And I think even... Yankees officials have said like, this is not fair to Jason Dominguez. Um, this guy might not be great out of the gate. Like th- there's a reason why he's not even an a ball yet. Like they're taking their time with him. He's really talented, but again, I mean, what Yankees fans are slapping on this guy for uh, expectation wise, I just don't think it's fair. Um, and it's pretty hard to meet that Jack. I'm curious what you think. I'm just going to read you a tweet right now. Yankees player development leader Kevin Reese says top prospect Jason Dominguez, quote, definitely could end up on a full season roster at some point this year. Dominguez, comma, 18, which is how old he is, comma, will start at extended spring. The top reply, I hear that Juan Soto guy was pretty good when they brought him up at 19. Just a thought. This guy's profile picture is him. It's a selfie wearing a Yankees hat. Yankees fans seem to think that he's Juan Soto already. He's 18 years old. Uh, Most of those guys are at extended spring training and yet to make a full season roster. So yeah, he's got a chance to be really good. Um, I wouldn't pen in Mickey Mantle yet. 
but I'm not too floored by that. I, I would think just based on the sheer tweets and oh. Instagram posts I've seen about him that he'd be in double A, <laughs> but not the case. And that's because he's in New York. If he was in KC, this is not that big of a deal. He's in low A and it's like, okay, now we'll see him ascend if he's really this good. And I think the Yankees are so hungry for a guy like this. I mean, you turn on videos of the kid being 17 years old and he looks like Mark McGuire as a lefty. I mean, he looks like a freak of nature just hitting the ball on him. He's he's a switch hitter. He's an outfielder. He's got every tool in the belt. Pete, can we walk back on what you just said? I think they're they're hungry. They're hungry for it as if they've been deprived of stars. (laughs) I was actually going to say the Yankees faithful are hungry for it. So are the 29 other fan bases. They yeah. want it too. It's a good point. Well, but, you know, look at Marco Luciano, for example. What that guy's done, I think, is way more insane. He's 180 pounds. By the way, he's got the assignment to A-ball, so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do on a full season. Yep. And, you know, we're, like, cautiously optimistic about Marco Luciano. He's getting really high prospect grades because he legitimately hit a baseball harder than anybody in the entire world last year. And that um, – I think it was still alternate – it was alternate site games yep. or might have been extended spring training, but whatever it was, he, I think it was 119 miles an hour, right? Like, and he's 175 pounds. Yeah. Now he put on 10 more pounds of muscle. And – that doesn't even make sense to me that someone can hit the ball that hard and he's a shortstop and that guy is not quite even getting the kind of like attention that Jason Dominguez is getting. Nobody's calling him, you know, the next greatest shortstop of all time, yep. you know, that, and that kind of just shows you the effect on it. But, but to just tie, tie that into uh, where he's assigned, I'm excited to see him in a ball. He's 19 years old. Um, that's a pretty aggressive assignment, even for a Marco Luciano. Yeah. And the Giants are probably a little bit more hungry for Marco <laughs> Luciano than the Yankees yes. are for Jason Dominguez. Yeah, I think it's I can... fair. But before we go into factor fluke, is there anybody else in the minor league systems right now that you guys really want to highlight or anyone that's getting too much spotlight? Arm, I'll let you go first because I've got two more guys at the top of mind. And then I've got just some rosters that I want to point out that are that are especially loaded and you should keep tabs on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, a, a couple big name guys that I'm looking forward to. I mean, Julio Rodriguez, I thought it was surprising. One of the few not as aggressive assignments. He gets the assignment to high A. Yep. Um, I, he's one of my favorite prospects in baseball. I mean, another dude that is young, 20 years old, but just mashed at 18, mashed at 19. And he actually was fantastic in high A in 2019. It was 17 games, but the dude hit 462. Also puts up ridiculous exit velos, 116 miles an hour off the bat. He's athletic enough to play center field, though I think he's going to go to a corner. I can't wait to watch this guy, and I think he's going to go straight to double A after a couple months. I think the reason why they started him in high A, he had broken his hand uh, at some point you know, during the last year and took a little bit of time off, and I think they want to take it slow with him. But the other guy, too, that I think is it's kind of been a whirlwind for Bobby Witt Jr., and I don't think that it's been fair to him where – People have been saying like, oh, he needs to be starting the season in the big leagues. Like, and that started to be floated all of a sudden. I'm like, 
when did this happen? This was a guy that was struggling in rookie ball. And I think Bobby Wood Jr. is a star in the making. Don't get me wrong. But also, it's in the making. Like, I was just very shocked that he had a great spring training. And I think that was a huge testament to the fact that he developed a lot over the last year. And I think candidates like Bobby Wood Jr. really were the type of players to separate themselves over the last year because he has a former major league pitcher living in his house with him and his father. And he's able to just get way more, um, you know, on the learning end, resources, development over that last year during quarantine. Those are the type of guys that really separate themselves. So Witt came out in spring training and was fantastic. I mean, he hit one of the hardest balls we've seen all year too. But at the same time, to say that he should be in the big leagues and to even float that idea and it was being considered is insane. I think that's absolutely insane. And the fact that he's starting in double A seems like not that crazy now because we were talking about him playing in the bigs. Double A is an incredibly aggressive assignment, and I love it. I think it's great for him, but I think he's going to go some struggles there. I think he'll finish strong, but like everyone's expecting Bobby Witt this year. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think he's going to have some really good moments, but we got a little bit ahead of ourselves with Bobby Witt. He's a star in the making, but emphasis on the making, and uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves there, but that's all I wanted to talk about there. And then my man, Alec Manoa, getting a triple A assignment. That's wild. And I think he's going to go up and help the blue Jays make a postseason run this year. I had to mention Alec Manoa because he is so polished, but also another guy that is not thrown above low a. And now he's getting the triple A assignment. He throws strikes. He's got a nasty, nasty breaking ball, electric fastball. Look out for Alec Manoa. I got to see Manoa when he was on the Cape and the pop of a catcher's glove was just Mm -hmm. different. It's a heavy, heavy fastball and everything's hard from Manoa I really like that you brought up Bobby Witt too that was one of the guys don't say no shit when I say this because it's going to be the most no shit thing I I say (laughs) on this podcast and the history of this thing 2020 really hurt minor league baseball no shit because it got canceled yeah but stay with me it really hurt minor league baseball because people were expecting immediate return on investment, right? Garrett Crochet. How about Ryan Weathers with San Diego? Um, how about some of these guys that just came directly up and had never played above low A? Andrew Vaughn yeah. with, with the White Sox. Like he's up Nick Madrigal, never really. I mean, yeah, he spent some time in AAA, but like these guys didn't really have a chance to fully mold who they were going to be as major league baseball players before they got to the bigs. And 2020 kind of forced them to do that. And if you were performing well at the alternate site, then you got the call up in 2020. And now in 2021, it's like, well, where are these guys, right? Like development isn't needed. Um, Yeah, I did really like the Bobby Witt Jr. assignment. I also liked Reed Detmers in AA Rocket City for Anaheim. That guy is as polished as Alec Manoa. And he could be the five in the Angels rotation right now. Mm -hmm. because he's got a fastball in the low to mid nineties. He's got an insane curveball, and he's got a changeup. And on a previous podcast that I was hosting, we had Reed on because he was on the Cape league team that I was calling games for. And he kind of walked through the mental of his three pitches. And he said, I want to have one at 95. I want to have one at 85 and I want to have one at 75. And if Mm -hmm. I command all three, then it's a guessing game. How simple is that shit? And it gets out. That's my number one thing. I always say, man, like having three speeds makes things so much harder. And I think that's what we're going to start to see more and more. So I think there's too many, there's too much hard and harder 
in the big leagues right now. And that's why you see guys like Sixto Sanchez not rack up a ton of strikeouts. Dustin May even struggled with getting the strikeouts at first. Now that he's gotten the breaking ball a bit different now, he's, he's looking totally different. But the guys that are hard and harder, even Nate Pearson at times, they don't get the swings and misses that you know you generally see or would expect to see yeah. guys with their stuff. Angels could really use a pitcher right now. I mean, I, do you think that Reed Detmers could get more outs right now than Jose Tana could? Possibly. Very well. Good question possibly. by me. <laughs> yeah, no, Reed Detmers could possibly uh, get more outs than Jose Quintana could right now. I do want to shout out a couple of rosters before we move on to Factor Fluke. And kind of stemming from that Julio Rodriguez conversation that Arm started, Everett is the high A affiliate of the Mariners. And not only do they have Julio Rodriguez, they have George Kirby, who, Peter, I know you love. They have love Emerson George Hancock, Kirby. who I know I love. Isaiah Campbell is a dog. Caden huh. Polkovich, who Aram saw on the Cape, mashes. Guy can hit. Austin Shenton, who I saw on the Cape, mashes. Shenton had a big summer out there. Uh, yeah, that's that's a fun team, and they might get uh, they might get Noelvi Marte out there too, right? Yep. Wow. Uh, another one, West Michigan, who I will see tonight. Torkelson, Daniel Cabrera, who is a stud at LSU, <laughs> top ten prospect in the Tigers organization. You got something on Daniel Cabrera? Got to see him in the Cape. Uh, right. I, I talked to a couple guys on his ball club. They said way more power than you think and watch his batting practice. And I watched his batting practice. He's got more power than you think. I think he's going to start to tap into it. Yeah, he's, he's fun. Continue. Yeah, Torkelson, Cabrera, Bryant Packard, who is another mm-hmm. really good bat out of East Carolina. Love him. <laughs> <laughs> Parker Meadows, uh, who is another top 10 prospect in the Tigers organization. And then Dylan Dingler, who is a catcher, top catcher in the uh, Tigers org as well. Pensacola, how about the double-A affiliate of the Miami Marlins arm, Leighton? Outfield, the five outfielders on the roster. J.J. Blade, Peyton Burdick, Harar Encarnacion, Victor Victor, and Tristan Pompey. All five guys that can make the bigs by the end of 2023. That team is crazy. Uh, they, they were saying, honestly, I was looking at that lineup, and one of the, the lineup that the Marlins put forward the other day, like they're pretty close to each other. Uh, they, they put together a lineup, the Marlins, the other day with all the injuries they have. And I looked at that double A roster and that's a really, really good double A roster. Not to mention that Max Meyer is the opening day starter for that team as well. So that is a fun, fun team. And uh, I I can't wait. And also, you know, there's some guys in, in high A that would probably be potentially looking at double A too, if double A wasn't so loaded. Cameron Meisner is a really underrated prospect uh, that has really good tools. Griffin Conine, uh, one of the better power hitters in the minor leagues looking to just get into the hit tool a little bit more, but easily could have been a candidate double a. Um, so it's pretty crazy to, to see the talent that the Marlins have in the outfield there, but that, that team's going to be fun to watch. And totally. obviously as I cover the Marlins, I'm pumped for that one. So these two guys could probably talk the minor leagues for another three, four, maybe five days at a time. So let's break into fact or fluke where we're going to be going over a lot of baseball teams this year that have either gone above expectations or maybe gone a little bit below. And we're going to tell you whether we think that they are actually factual, that they'll be good this year, or if they're having a bit of a fluky start and they might not. So let's start with the AL East. And at the top of the division is the Boston Red Sox, a team that I definitely did not think would be at the top of the division. I thought they'd finish maybe third or fourth, but they're also third in terms of run scoring. That offense is obviously super good. 
And then, but it's their pitching that I've always struggled with. And then the back end of their bullpen has Matt Barnes and not a lot else. My thing with the Red Sox, I think it's a bit of fiction, a bit of fluke. I think they revert back to the mean and I think they finish around 500. I don't think they win the division and I don't think that they make a wild card this year. Arm, am I off? Am I on? What do you think? Well, we we got the Yankees perspective uh, first and you know, I, honestly, I think there's a lot of merit to what you're saying. Uh, this is a team that is definitely missing uh, a lot when you look at a potential playoff contender pitching wise, but you have to kind of think about that offense though and, and how much better it is this year from last year. I know you've talked about JD Martinez and what he's doing. He's one of the best hitters in the game right now, if not the hottest hitter in the game right now, Rafael Devers, not far behind Bogarts. That's the kind of offense that, can legitimately lead the league in, in just about every single category if they click on every cylinder, that being the AL, obviously. But I think they could even produce more than the Dodgers with how banged up the Dodgers have been. Like, this is a really, really loaded lineup. The pitching, it needs a little bit of reinforcement, but the Red bit. Sox, they, they, could go, they could go get somebody. They easily could. Um, they get Chris Sale coming back at some point. Garrett Richards all of a sudden is starts looks more like the Garrett Richards that they were hoping they'd get. Uh, I don't think that this team's that bad. Nick Pavetta has been pretty impressive. You even have Eduardo Rodriguez back in after a lot of time off. This team can kind of piece it together. I think they can go make a deal. And even if their pitching is average, that offense can help them. It's really going to be whether the bullpen, you know how that looks, but I don't think it's too fiction to the point that what they're doing is just totally going to like, just run out. I think we're looking at a team that's going to compete for the division the entire year. And moving on to the AL Central, the Kansas City Royals lead the division with 16 and 10, a team that we were just talking about their minor leaguers, Bobby Witt Jr. Um, They have a ton of pitchers coming up the pipeline as well. Right now, they're led by guys like Brady Singer. Whit Merrifield just goes to the ballpark and hits every single day. Jack, fact or fluke, with the Royals, I'm in the, I'm in the boat where I kind of think it's a fact. I think they're here to stay. The Kansas City Royals are absolutely a fact. They are getting where they need to be. And it's been a long time since 2015, right? And it kind of felt like there was a blow up with that roster, but there was some continuity there. And like somehow Salvador Perez is still there. And then Alberto Mondesi got through. I think he was Raul Mondesi Jr. at the time. Yeah. So like... <laughs> He's here now, but the the key to the fact is that they are bringing the reinforcements up at the right time. As we're recording now, Daniel Lynch and Chris Bubich are on the way to Kansas City from Omaha, which is great because those are two of their top three pitching prospects. Asa Lacey, I think, got the high A assignment. So he's not there yet, but Jackson Coar, if I'm not mistaken, is in AAA. So you've got Singer, Bubich, Lynch, and Coar that are going to be four in that rotation by year's end. And you've got a really exciting Royals lineup. And you've got a lot of really underrated pieces in that lineup too. Michael A. Taylor. Holy smokes. Do I love Michael A. Taylor? Did you like Michael A. Taylor? I think now that Benintendi's out of Boston, people forgot that he exists. Andrew Benintendi can still hit the baseball. No doubt about that. He's legit. Carlos Santana. How about Santana? Mm -hmm. 904 OPS. As Peter said, Whit Merrifield's unreal. I love the young pitching here because, like Jack said, they're, they're going to get better as the year goes on. And even if Daniel Lynch, let's say, falters a little bit, Coar goes into the rotation, you can put Lynch in the bullpen. They're just deep. 
And they're a lot of fun. And Coar is the type of prospect too that I think is going to slot right in and be a solid middle of the rotation guy. The top of the AL West has the Oakland Athletics at 17 and 12, a team that I picked to be the division winner at the beginning of the season. I just think they have a really well-rounded team. And what's great is that maybe some guys on the team are playing above their pay level. Is Mark Canna going to have a 400 on base percentage for the rest of the year? Probably not. But is Matt Chapman, a guy who's struggling mightily right now, possibly going to do much better throughout the rest of the season? I think the A's are 100% here to stay. I think it's a fact. Aram, your thoughts on the Oakland Athletics? I think, you know, we look at the A's here. And if if you're going to knock the Red Sox for their pitching, I, I think the A's have deceptively bad pitching, uh, especially now with Jesus Lazardo on the shelf. This is a team, too, that, you know, Sean Manea has been inconsistent. He looks pretty solid. Chris Bassett, you know, you're getting another middle of the rotation back into the rotation guy. Montes has been terrible. And Cole Ivan or Irvin is, is okay. So you're looking at a rotation that's somewhat mediocre. The offense to me is inconsistent. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not very sold on the ace, I, especially a team that started as bad as they did. They've settled in a bit more now. I, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I, I think they're going to hit a little bit of a wall. Um, if we're comparing them to the Red Sox, let's say Red Sox have a much better offense. And I don't really think the A's pitching is that much better. It's not that great. Uh, they've got some stuff to figure out. I think, especially with AJ puck on the shelf, he can't stay healthy. Now you've got Lizardo hurt. I don't know. And, and you don't really have a shortstop right now either. Elvis Andrews can't hit. They're in a tough spot. I think they got hot because of their bullpen and they got hot offensively. I don't think it's sustainable. Jack, the NL East has a four-way tie, basically. It's the Washington Nationals, it's the New York Mets, it's the Phillies, it's the Braves, kind of all close together. My pick was the Braves at the beginning of the year. What are your thoughts on the NL East? I still like Atlanta, just because the the roster seems to make a lot more sense than anybody else. I'm not sold on the New York Mets whatsoever. Like, Francisco Lindor needs to figure it the hell out. They're paying too much money for him to not figure it out. And I understand that we're only a month in, but that's just the case. And then the Phillies, I don't know if they have the pitching depth there. I think the offense is good enough, but I think Atlanta is just the most well-rounded team. And Atlanta is still without Soroka and Max Freed. You know, they, they have a lot of guys that they need to come back. And in the NL Central, maybe the craziest team, the team with the best record right now, the Milwaukee Brewers are at 17 and 11, and they have a ton of pitching. And But most of their guys are out right now, and they're still finding ways to win. Craig Council is obviously a really good manager. Aram, Brewers, fact or fluke? I'm going with fact. I love their pitching. I love their offense once they get Yelich and came back. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going fact too. I mean, it's been amazing that they've been able to tread water. I don't think they can tread water like this uh, the whole season, obviously, but you're getting back a guy that should have won back-to-back MVPs if he didn't get hurt and Christian Yelich. Lorenzo Kane coming back is still a big part of that team. We'll see how much he can produce, but probably arguably, you know, the best bullpen in baseball, definitely a top three bullpen. You got one of the better one-two punches at the top of your rotation with Woodruff and with Corbin Burns. And then Freddie Peralta has been incredible as well i know jack peralta and he's looking like a legitimate number three option that's here to stay this team if they even have an average offense which they are more than capable of having especially with colton wong looking more like older colton wong they're for real i'm definitely sold on that and they've got a good balance to be very competitive down the stretch 
Jack, the biggest fluke, in my opinion, is at the current top of the NL West in the San Francisco Giants at 17 and 11, tying the Brewers for the best record in baseball. What the hell is going on in San Francisco? Evan Longoria, Buster Posey, they're having the years of their life. Kevin Gosman and Aaron Sanchez look like Cy Young. What's going on in San Francisco? So, fluke, but Mike Talkman is biting you guys in the ass right uh, now. Oh, yeah, great. And Thanks I for reminding love me. That. Yeah, I love that. I love that. me on that. Mike Talkman was just traded for Wandy Peralta, who, you know, is a 96 mile an hour lefty. We'll see. I just, I don't believe in the Giants really at all. I feel like this is all coming together rather nicely for them, but they do. They're also the San Francisco Giants and people forget they they're three time champs in the past decade. So, you know, maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Aram, last thoughts on Giants factor fluke. I'm kind of lying in the middle here. I mean, you can talk about Buster Posey hitting 350, but he's still Buster Posey. I don't know if he's going to hit 359, but he is Buster Posey. Guy won an MVP. He could easily be having a little bit of a renaissance here offensively and have a nice season. Would that be the craziest thing in the world? David Ortiz had the season of his career at age 40. Uh, Evan Longoria is kind of the same thing. I think he might not put up these numbers quite, but he's pretty good. Mike Yuskremski has been terrible, and, and they're still – you know, putting up numbers offensively. Donovan Solano's been out. I, I mean, there, there's a chance this team's decent. I, I'm just not sold on the pitching whatsoever. But Aaron Sanchez looks good. Kevin Gossman's been solid for a little bit now. I, I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to be right around 500 and, and competing for a wild card spot. I, I'm pretty sold on that. I don't know if they're going to be 17 and 11, that type of winning percentage, but I like them. Well, we could probably talk this every single day, and it'll be fun to come back to our thoughts at the beginning, at the end of the season. I'm Peter. That's Jack. That's Arm. We'll see you again on Friday for a really fun interview. And uh, that's it. See you guys later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.